he was probably the strongest, if not the strongest wrestler that I've ever seen. And especially when you combine that with a great wrestling talent and knowledge of holds and counter holds, this made this, this guy was really a super, superstar. But on a fateful night in November 1985, after two big slugs behind the back, behind his head, six or seven body slams later, which nobody can take, he walked out of that ring holding his back and he heard it on his show. He said, I heard his back. I was the better man that night. Now, if you want to believe what he said, you go right ahead and believe what he said. But I've said all I can say about it is that, and, and, and here's another thing. You Google anywhere, YouTube, Vimeo, or any other search engine, and watch that match and see the comments below. 99.9% .9 of the fans back Big Ron Shaw. And they know what happened. And like some people, that one, that small percentage, they say, well, Ron Shaw stepped in the ring. He, you can see he's telling Dusty Feldbomber to finish. I remember exactly what I said to Dusty Feldbomber just to prove you're wrong and some of the other fans wrong. Is I said, hey, Dusty, it looks like a good sellout tonight. That's what I said. I wasn't telling him any finish because you know what? I had in my mind what I was going to do that night. Because when I heard some type of a rumor going on in that dressing room, I did what I was going to do, the right thing. Now, I hope that answers your question, Monty, Mr. Well, wise guy. Well, let me try it another way. Let me try it this way. Hello, Ron. Oh, no. Did David Sammartino really hurt you? It's the kid across the or pond. Or not? You or did you give it up, Ron? Let me tell you something. It wouldn't take me oh, no more boy. than two and a half hours to fly down there no. and slap your no. face all over that no, damn studio. Don't. You no. understand me? I'm done. I'm done. Come on, man. Pharaoh, Come thank on, Ron. you, man. You were the man. Bye, Ron. This would be the Pharaoh and Monty show. Bye, Ron. Let me tell you something, Monty. If I ever do it, if I ever do a convention down in New York City, mm. I hope you're there. Over and out. Great. Good interview, buddy. Good choice. That guy was a gentleman. People's names? Sure, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, James Romero, wrestling shoot interviews. And I said after that, I you know, thought it would be the last one I would do. But uh, the Monty and the Pharaoh guy called me and uh, said, Ron, hey, we'd like to have you on the show. I said, you know, well, you know, Monty, I said, I, I'm, I don't think I'm up for doing these shows anymore. I said, you know, the guy was a little guy in this business, you know what I mean? And, you know, he, he was nice enough to build me up just like you did, a superstar. I didn't, never considered myself a superstar, but, but thank you anyway. And, uh, you know, I said, oh, all right, let me think about it. So I called him up a couple of weeks later. And, uh, you know, I wanted to start feeling people out because, you know, the conversation has been pretty much the same thing over and over again. And, uh, you know, he says, well, here's what I want to talk about. He wanted to talk about things that I didn't want to even touch you know, the ring boy scandal, uh, uh, this and that, and plus the big upset of professional wrestling, okay, that I'm known for today. And uh, he was being being very persistent. I thought a little bit uh, uh, arrogant about it. And I, I said, you know what? I said, I don't need this money, and I hung up on him. Well, it was about three, four days later, his, uh, his partner, uh, the Pharaoh, called up, and he said, Ryan, look, he goes, we worked, we worked everything out, you know, we want you on the show. I said, okay, fine. But, you know, it, it stuck in the back of my mind. And, uh, you know, I said, I, I have a feeling that this guy's going to go where he wants to go. 
And, and that's pretty much it. Well, that's how the show pretty much started off. I said, I, I probably was a little bit more arrogant at the start of the show. And I just wanted to speak my piece and just see where it was going to go. But he was being disrespectful to me, John. And, and, and you know, it, this was something that was new to me because everybody's really treated me really nice on their shows. You know, I've been, I've been on a lot of podcasts. This is, my, this is now my 16th show since I started my, uh, my website in 2015. And uh, it, was, it was not even five minutes into the show uh, that he was saying, well, you know, you have to show me respect on my show. And the Pharaoh had to jump in and say, hey, it's our show. To give you an idea of, you know, the disrespect that not he only showed me, he was showing his, his partner on the show, you know. And let me tell you something. He has an ego. Um, you know, he's had, re he's had wrestlers, guests on his show, pop him in the teeth on the show. And I, and I don't know why that's happening that way. Okay. You know, this guy probably goes around these wrestling conventions, John, in his Jimmy Durante hat and his Ray Charles sunglasses, just looking to get noticed. Okay. But if you take that hat off of this guy and those sunglasses off of this guy, he's just a punk. Okay. He's just a punk. And I don't respect the guy. And I don't care if he respects me or not. I personally don't care. But that's what I was going through. But, you know, when you invited me on your show, I went on the Internet and I said, wow. I said, man, you got a lot of big names, a lot of big names on that show. And I said, I need to be a part of it for that hour or whatever it's going to be and so forth. But, you know, just, just get back to one more time because I don't want to I don't want to elaborate on this too much. But let me tell you something. He said never again will I have Ron Shaw on my show. He just doesn't want to be in the same building and walk with Ron Shaw. He doesn't want to invite me to his show live in the studio. And that's that's perfectly fine. But let me tell you something, John. If I ever came out of retirement, which I'm not, I'd love to be in the ring with this guy. I'd love to be in the ring with this guy. See if he would get smart with me in the ring. Mm. Interesting fellow. I don't know him, but interesting fellow. <laughs> mm -hmm. sure. yep. Weird way to conduct interviews with uh, you know, famous wrestlers from the past. It's just a weird way to go about it. But hey, I mean, whatever works for him, I get, or doesn't work for him. What you know, whatever. Hey everyone, Chris Centennial, Sports Talk 101. Today I'm at the Country Club of Big Ron Shaw. And the question we're asking today is, should Monty apologize to Ron? So what's your thoughts? Should Monty from the Monty and Ferro show apologize to Big Ron Shaw? Absolutely. I, I don't believe that uh, Monty should have said what he said. And I definitely believe he should uh, apologize to Ron Shaw for what he had said. Sir, what do you think? Should Monty apologize to Ron Shaw? Monty apologize to Shaw? Hell yeah! And he's the champion! Hall of Famer! Of course! Sir, do you have an opinion? Should yeah, he apologize? Most, most definitely. When you have a Hall of Famer and you want to insult him, that's a bunch of bullcrap. He should be an apologizing to him. Thank you. Sir, do you have an opinion on Ron Shaw? Should he Monty apologize to him? Yeah, I don't even like Ron Shaw. Hey, hey! Monty, the people have spoken. Step up to the plate and deliver me the apology that I so rightfully deserve. I told you, you're a punk. And I'm going to tell you, our pants are going to cross again. And that's actually 63 days later. And unless I'm missing something, you have received what we say in Italian is a gatsangul. 
right? Which is uh, Italian for nothing. It's really not nothing. It's something a little bit different. But, but basically, close enough. And now I do have a statement from your attorney uh, who at the, pro, uh, the present uh, desires to remain anonymous. But um, with your permission, I'd like to read this real quick. Absolutely. You can go right ahead because I did get a, uh, a phone call from their office today and uh, they told me that uh, he wouldn't be able to appear on the show. But, yes, you can go right ahead. Perfect. Perfect. So it's from their law office and it's regarding uh, Shaw versus Monty Jr., uh, regarding the above, Mr. Shaw has, for the moment, decided not to pursue legal action against Mr. Monty or the Monty and the Farrow television show. Mr. Shaw certainly has valid legal grounds to pursue a civil lawsuit on the grounds of libel and slander. And in my legal opinion, said lawsuit is quite meritorious and would certainly result in a financial windfall for Mr. Shaw. However, Mr. Shaw is a most compassionate man and does not want the Monty family to endure financial hardships caused solely by the inane con comments by Mike Monty. Additionally, court appearances would interfere with Mr. Shaw's more important commitments of swimming and golf at his country club. Mr. Shaw, however, does expect a full apology. The deadline for the aforementioned apology will be extended to May 11th at the behest of Mr. Shaw. So uh, I know that you're, you're not a man to be messed with or disrespected. Uh, you were on social media last week and mentioned that you have a huge announcement. Uh, do you want to share that now? Yes, I do. And, and let me tell you something, you guys. You know, I, I'm happy, of course, to be back on your show for a third time, but I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't happen. But we're here today. And, you know, when you guys asked me, when I was talking about having a big announcement that I wanted to make, you said, would I be stepping back in the ring? Well, it all depends. So here's, well, here's what's pretty much I have to say, I want to challenge Michael Monty Jr. to step into the ring with me, oh, okay, correct. step into the oh, ring wow. with me, oh, because, huh? yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, okay, because obviously he doesn't want to apologize to me, but let me tell you something, here's the benefits of it if he steps into the ring with me, okay, I had talked to a promoter already down the road who was putting on a huge pay-per-view event later this year, and he would be happy to add our match onto there. Now I don't know nothing about Michael Monty. Does he know his? Does he know what martial arts? Is he a street fighter? Uh, does he even wrestle? I wrestle too. But let me tell you something. Here's what's in it for Michael Monty: not to only get paid, but if he beats me, he could get his hand raised, and for the first time in his life, he could become a somebody, or he could walk out of the ring a crippled. It's a chance I've got to take. It's a chance he's got to take. And that's what I wanted to do. He doesn't want to return my phone call. Hey, I called him for hey, for months after that. Hey, Ron, show. What? Ron, I'm, I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, Benny. Yeah. We, I, I apparently we need to update the IT pay or, or whoever our security guy is because this is supposed to be a closed network, and I'm actually getting right. an outside call. We got we, we don't we don't have a call in number. I don't even know how no. this person infiltrated our network. Hello, caller, you you there? Hello, I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? That oh, no. Like, no. Could that be? That sounds like Monty. This is Who? me, one half of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Oh, L. Monty. How did Jr. you do that? you got to be kidding me. What the? The internet. Monty, Give me one second, Ron. Ron, I'll address you in one second. Give me one second, Ron. Okay. First of all, Dan and Betty. I don't believe you. Some of the best interview. Shut up, Ron. You guys do some of the best interviews around. I try to promote you guys all the time. You, you the absolutely one thing do. You guys do credit. 
Well, the one the one thing you guys do best is putting lipstick on a pig. So, Ron, when we're talking about lipstick on a pig, I'm going to point the finger at you. So let's start here. First of all, I don't know what your problem is, okay? You came on the show. Some questions. I already told you. Farrow is not a softball show. You do softball shows like you did a couple of weeks ago with this fat guy where he just asked you questions about who you wrestled or whatever else. That's not what we do. Man, I grew up on you, Ron. I respected you, and I respected you to be man enough to at least answer questions and not rehash the same dribble you do every time you're in an interview. And now you just continually harass me, harass the show, putting out videos. You know how, many, you know how large our fan base is, and every single one of them hate your... And Ron... I'm not going to wrestle you. I'm not stupid, okay? You are an icon in the sport. Also, a clown. Mm. I don't play with clowns. Okay. All right, very interesting. First of all, Monty, I don't know why you're calling into the show, because this is a classy show. You should be back there in Long Island doing what you do, okay? Let me, let me just tell you, explain something to you. I am not going to insult you. Okay, you know, a long time ago, you told me before we even did our interview, we, we talked, and, 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 and you know, it, it, was, it was good talk and everything. You told me how much you love your listeners and that you would do anything that you can for them, and, you know, within reason. And, 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 you know, I admire you for that, Monty. But let me tell you something. You know, I had to go on these shows. I let you speak, Monty. Let me speak. Okay, I had I had to go on these shows after seeing one comment after another putting me down on your shows on the videos that I had sent into you, and nobody there was nobody who was complimenting me. I only got compliments from the other shows, not because you know why they're classy people. The people you have on your show are trash. Okay, they're uneducated. Did any of them ever get beyond fifth grade? I don't think they did. Okay? I have I have I have talked on this sports talk one oh one with Chris Centennial about a month ago and I and I had to talk about four or five of those low lifes that from your show. They don't want to talk about my wrestling career, they're gonna to have to talk about my gold necklace or my tan. One fat lady calls in Ron Show will never be in the WWE. Well she'll never have a husband or a boyfriend because she's five hundred pounds. That's probably what the case is. But you know something, Mike? I, I watched your show last Thursday, and I only watched it because of your special guest, who I'm a fan of, and you know who I'm talking about, okay? And you put on two of my videos. Now, what, what disturbed me was is that right after that, you started mocking me. And what I did is I went on to your live chat, and I don't know if you saw it or not, but I said, you know what? It's easy for you guys to belittle me from 1,200 miles away, but how about face-to-face? And then people started chatting, and they started chatting. They said, Big Ron Shaw is in the house. And then I get this, I get this one live chat comment from this Mitch Seinfeld. Ron Shaw is a star in his own mind. Ron Shaw is a superstar. And you even said it, Monty, on your show. So Mitch Seinfeld, go get an education somewhere. But here's my problem to give you an idea of what low-class people you have. R.J. Hudson, why give this nobody a platform he did nothing in the business. Well, let me tell R.J. the fat pig Hudson one thing. 
I am in the Hall of Fame, IWF Hall of Fame. I've got the most upsets in professional wrestling. I've got the biggest upset in professional wrestling. And I am one of the most sought-after sought after guests on every show. I've got shows every single week. I've even turned down shows. But this big, fat slob, and I'm surprised that he was even up 9 o'clock watching your show because he's got to get up in the morning, work for the city, and clean the piss and the feces off the sidewalks oh. from all the deadbeats that live on there. Or maybe he lives on there, the homeless. But let me tell you something, that big fat slob, Hudson. You look at his little picture there, okay? And he's, Rod, he's, Rod, and he's Rod, putting me Rod. down. There's let me no tell you Rod. something else about him. I'll bet you when he gets together at Thanksgiving and Christmas with his family, they stick him in another room because they don't want to spoil their appetite looking at that big fat slot. Guys, guys. Whoa. Monty, in six short days, I'll be on the Dan and Benny in the ring show to announce some huge news that's going to shock a lot of people, maybe including you. So what you need to do is get to your doctor and get the wax cleaned out of your ears and then get the wax cleaned out between your ears because you're going to want to hear and understand exactly what I got to say. And Pharaoh, I suggest you talk some sense into your pal to make sure I get the apology that I deserve. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Pro wrestling superstar Ron Shaw. Well, Monty, let me let me tell you something. Let's cut the bullshit out right now. All of a sudden, you're being nice to me for the last year. So when I was on your show in March of last year, all you did was belittle me for a year. Okay, you did everything in your power. Now I'm, you like videos, by the way, Farrell. It's nice to see you. You're looking great, and it's nice to be on your show again. Now. The one video that you've played a lot of, Monty, I noticed, is my country club video. It seems like you like a guy to stand up to me and say, I don't like Ron Shaw. Let me tell you something. All the members there, members love Ron Shaw. Now, now I'm, I'm going to have to say something here because your heads are going to swell, and it's in a good way. What I've had to deal with for over a year now is that you guys, I underestimated you guys. I really underestimated you guys, Okay. It seems like you've got your hands in everything, including my business of what I do, okay? You bring out the top stars and put them on your show, which nobody else can do but you. And I can understand why you guys are number one in the world, maybe, okay? Certainly in this country. And I'm going to give you a pat on the back for that, okay? Now, let me explain something to you about this guy. And why he says he doesn't like Ron Shaw. Every time I come in, and I call him, I call him a drunk, an old drunk. Every time I come in from playing 18 holes, I come in, I go through the bar, and he's over there chugging down one beer after another, like a sinkhole swallowing up a neighborhood. Okay, and on top of it, yet he sues me. He goes to sue me, and who does he have representing him? You're a lawyer, Monty. Stubby Tortello. Okay? Shubby. All right. Have it your way. Okay. Now, one thing, one thing is, is that I had gotten permission from the board of directors at the country club to come on air with Sports Talk 101. And everybody was fair game. He didn't have to talk to me. He didn't have to say anything. Okay? But he did. They did drop the case because of that. They did drop the case. 
And you know, I'm a nice guy. Let me tell you something. Three days later, I saw him there. I had an ice cold case of Pap's Blue Ribbon beer that I gave to that guy. And I'm sure he drank it right away before it got warm. All right? Now, let me get to this other Sports Talk 101 guy. What are you laughing about? Uh, it was funny. Listen, Rod, was I got to give you credit. It's pretty funny. That was funny. I think it's funny when somebody threatens you to get sued. No, okay? that's not funny. Not that much, I know sir. what I'm doing. I know what I'm not doing. Now, Sports Three. Talk 101 guy, this guy Chris Centennial. Now, kudos to you. I don't know how you ever got your lawyer to get hooked up with this guy. Okay? I don't know how you did it, but you did it. Great. Sports Talk 101 guy, Chris Centennial, comes to my house to do a 20-minute interview. One of the things was I was getting paid. This was going to go back to Pittsburgh and be shown to the Pittsburgh area, Ohio, and Virginia, and I was being paid for it. Okay. After this, after this show was over, a day and a half later, I get a call from the producer. And she says, Ron, we can't use this show. I said, well, why not? It's already on YouTube with Monty and the Pharaoh's logo on there. How you doing? And Monty has a huge paragraph of, of I'm feel, uh, you know, uh, feel sorry for me, people. Please feel sorry for me. And in the meantime, you're putting me down. Well, kudos to you. Okay. Now, I, I suspected something about this guy when he came into my house. Okay. He sat in that chair, was squirming all the time. And he was farting the whole time while he was in there, okay? And I even had to call him on it. I said, what do you got to do, brother, number two or something? But, you know, I'm a gentleman. And I went on and I did what I did. I'm a professional. I went on and I did the interview. Now, I'm going to show you guys something which is going to shock you a little bit. Can you see this? Yes. Yes. Sports yes. Talk 101 sent me a letter. Five weeks ago, this Chris Centennial admitted that he sent those tapes, that tape to you. Okay? Kudos to you again. Right? So, what happens is, is that they let the guy go. Okay, he'll never he'll never work in sports, television, whatever the hell it was. And let me tell you something. If I ever see this skinny neck, chicken looking guy, I'll wrap a nine iron around his neck. It's as simple as that. Now, one other thing. I'm on Dan and Benny's show, In the Ring. Two years these guys have been on the, on the air, doing great success. In fact, Mr. Benny Scala himself called me up during the week and says, you know, Ron, he goes, we were number eight in Ireland last week because of you, me, being on his show. And I said, well, what did you expect? Okay, eight, eight's not bad. Okay, and what I, you know, what I couldn't figure out is how the hell, Monty, are you sneaking in on my show, spoiling my interview? Okay, spoiling my interview. There's something funny going on there because you had them on the following week. Now, Dan and Benny, I've certainly got some questions for you, and you better have some answers for me. But guys, congratulations on doing what you do, and Monty. I'm not going to yell. No matter what you say tonight, you don't have to apologize to me tonight because you know what? I'll expect it when it comes out of your mouth, so I won't get excited. And, and by the way, the only reason I'm here is because your people paid me to be here. That's true. Um, and also, 
Jimmy, I shared this with you. My wife was uh, highly disappointed with the past show with you, Ron, and she felt that um, she actually defended you, Ron, which is no surprise. She defends everybody against me, but okay. in this particular case, and she felt that um, if I was a true wrestling fan, that I should have treated you better. And after thinking about it, I want to start this interview differently, Ron, because maybe I should have done this the first go around. So I'm going to ask you this question, and we'll see how this goes. Do you think David Sammartino was failing as a wrestler because of the pressure of being the son of Bruno Sammartino, which I could imagine would be a huge weight. Huge. Huge. And that Big Ron Shaw, on the particular day in Philadelphia, decided to facilitate Mr. Sammartino in getting his getting out of his contract with the WWE. David San Martino, and I told you this before, uh, is a tremendous athlete. Okay? I would have loved to have a body like that guy. Okay? He was big, he was strong in everything. He he could have continued on in the business in professional wrestling because he was who he was. He, he wasn't this skinny little guy or, or something like that. He held his own. He held his own, what I feel. And I've seen him work a lot of great matches, tremendous matches. And and he was a star. He was a superstar. And I've said it, he's a superstar. Whatever happened, happened. I don't, I don't know what was going through the guy's head, number one, okay, prior to our match. Maybe he just felt that maybe he's in his father's shadow and he, he just didn't like that. I don't I don't know. You know, you're trying to pick something that 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 uh, I, I really I really can tell you. Ron, do you think that Bruno could have possibly possibly been putting too much pressure on David, or was Bruno still concerned about Bruno's spot on the card? No. Bruno, Bruno wasn't concerned about himself. I mean, he he knew he was he was doing his last matches. You know, he had a lot of injuries. You know, whatever those thirty years were that, that he was, you know, he, he didn't want to do this anymore. You know, how about putting pressure you know, on whatever David, him. Was, was there what, to that? What's that? Was how about putting pressure on David? Anything, anything uh, no, I, I, no, I don't think he was putting pressure on David. Okay. I don't think he. I don't think he was. You know. I mean, you go out there, he, he knew he was going to do this. He's in the business, and all he could do is help him, like, like a good father would. To any son. To any son. Rod, I want to go back to that day, though, when David comes into the locker room before you guys are going out for your match. Is there a discussion of David saying he wants to just call it, call it a day and leave the Federation, and I need your help to make this happen? Well, number one, there was no conversation. Number two, why would he need my opinion on how he wants to leave? He could have got up and left any time, okay? Uh, what, what made him mad or, or, or whatever, whatever the, however the story is, because I've heard numerous stories. 
Okay, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big part of this. Okay, but let's let's look at me real quick for a second. After I had my hand raised after that match, I came back in February of 1986, and he booked me up against George Skolan, who I've never ever heard of before. Okay, the guy blew up when he stepped between the ropes. Okay, he was out of breath all the time. And after that, I never ever even seen him again. Now, if somebody had to be pissed about something, it should have been me. Because I, I, I defeated a legend's son. And here I am putting over this guy who I've never even seen before just because he has the name Skolan. You know, they that, 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 that was, in my opinion, that was not a cool thing to do. But you know what? That's why I made a good paycheck because I didn't bitch and complain. Simple as that. Ron, I don't even remember him. Was he related to Arnold Skoland or? No, I don't yeah, know. that was Arnold's. That was Arnold's son. My God, I don't even remember. Yeah, Arnold's son. First I time I ever seen him, and that was the last time I ever seen him, because I was booked all the time. I was booked all the time. Right. Never seen him after that. Ron, you have road agents and you know people running the card. After your match with San Martino, did you get any heat in the locker room? Absolutely not. Absolutely, absolutely not. It was just like another day. The only time I can remember one thing is sitting in Poughkeepsie, getting ready to do TV, and Vince Jr. walks past me and gives me a big nod, like, good job. Ron, did you witness any, um, any officials in the back after the match possibly uh, having some words with David? What the fuck did you do uh, out there? As, as, far, as far as I know, he didn't even shower. He packed up. Mm. I, under, I, I thought I had heard that he may have injured a rib. Uh, and and he, he apparently had left the building. I, know, I, I didn't even see him after that. Of course, I didn't see him in the beginning that I can recall. Is it true that Hulk Hogan came to you before the match and said something's going on, but I don't know what it is? That's well, I've said that. And it was it was Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now okay. I, I, I'm going, I am going to I am going to say this. There was somebody out there who said, "Well, how how could have Ron Shaw talk to Hulk Hogan that night because Hulk Hogan was in another town?" Uh, you have to keep in mind that you know this is 1985, but I was 99 percent sure that Hogan did come back and 100 percent sure that, that Heenan came back and gave me a warning that something was going to happen, something was going to go down tonight and no nobody was specific and uh so that's that's one of the things that's stuck in the back of my head when i stepped into that ring your thoughts okay because you, you don't know do you think david san martino would have been better off not using the san martino name wow no i don't think so that, that, that was that was right in what, what he he stayed with that name. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about the very beginning, uh, well, you know, maybe that could have been an option. But you know, cer- certainly when you've got the San Martino name, yeah. that is that is the uh, Rolls Royce of cars. It's yeah, as simple a, as that. Yep, that's. I would I would not have changed my name. Well, I want to switch gears just a little bit um, of the, and I, I hate even using this term with you because I find it to be not accurate, but 
of the enhancement talent during your time period, um, who would you say are the top five during your time period of enhancement talent? Um, excluding myself. Correct. Right? Absolutely. Well, I'd like you to add yourself, well, you're, Ron, you're to be there. honest with you. Obviously, in my book, you're in there, but where, where? okay, put yourself in there. Give us the top five from your day. Well, certainly at my time when I started, Johnny Rods. Yep. No question about Johnny Rods. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little a little bit down the road, well, you had uh, uh, Jose Luis Rivera. Okay. Uh, Barry, I think it's Barry Hart, was it? Oh, Barry Horowitz. Um and and another gentleman, I, I uh, well, <laughs> he ended up being on top of it, but the Salvatore Bologna. It was a great work. Any thoughts yeah. on Frankie Williams, who I absolutely adore? No, no, not Frankie Williams. Uh, he I kind of put him in the class of uh, Fred Marzino's <laughs> oh, and uh, Jeff Dutch, <laughs> Jeff Dutch Rhodes. I don't know if you ever heard really? of that guy, Jeff Dutch oh, Rhodes. Oh man, he took a heart he took a heart punch on TV from Stan the Man Stasiak and sold it ten seconds later. Mm, great, wow. that's great. Please. Ron, do you think you hurt your career by not following Vince McMahon Senior's directions? And that your career could have turned a completely different way. To be honest with you, um, you definitely had the size. Uh, when you wore the executioner mask, you oh, yeah. definitely had, in my opinion, yes. it. You can yes. remember the day when we were in junior high. Yes. I used to love the executioner. Absolutely. Do you think you hurt yourself with your mindset and not following Vince McMahon Sr.? Um, I always thought about that. Even even over the last couple of years, that since I've been you know four, five, seven years actually since I've been doing these podcasts, because people have asked me similar questions, not exactly you know as thorough as you're asking me this, um, but I, I had assumed uh, you know them making me the executioner right away in 1981 after being in the business for three years. Obviously, I was I was green, and and in 1981, I made a lot of money if i told you what it was you'd say well that wasn't much money compared to what it is today but we're talking about 1981 sure okay and it was almost six figures wow so because they were using me all the time yep. booking me everywhere it's all the big house shows in madison madison square garden i worked six times in 1981 mm. um but you know i had to understand one thing is that i i knew i was going to be going to uh michael labelle to work I had to consider, I, 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 being green, I had to take some, uh, get some opinions from people, which I did, and they were all negative. And I said, well, I'm not going to make that type of money that I'm making here. I said, well, why should I go? And, well, of course, you know, the end of the story is they let me go. And, and I understand now that, you know, they w were going to enhance me and, and, and uh, probably, which, which is what they've done with a lot of the other, other guys, uh, the other talent. And, uh, but do I regret it? Not, uh, not really. I guess I would like to have found out what happened if I had a crystal ball, you know, but uh, I worked for 20 years. I still wrestled for 20 years. I always made sure I made a lot of money when I could because if, if I didn't, I would have quit. I would have quit the business. But as long as I was making that certain amount that I needed to make, I continued on. So I did 20 years. Ron, um, some of the fans are worried about you out there. Matthew Holland saying, why are you so red? 
<laughs> Red Lobster. Let me answer Matthew. I, I live in Florida. It's called the Sunshine State. Not the sun and I love state. being out in the sun. I love being out in the sun. You know, wow. man, I'm, I'm not burned, really. I got a great tan. I'm not red. So I don't know what it looks like, what he sees. But believe me, I'm tan, brother. I'm tan. Dark matter side of fact, the matter of fact, I will even be at the pool tomorrow to enhance my tan a little bit more. Tan enhancement. Tan enhancement. Very interesting. Okay. Enhancement talent, tan enhancement. There you go. He's all over it. It's you look Combined. like a, you look like you got shish kebab from here, Ron. It looks. Like uh, it, may, it may look that way, but believe me, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. And you know something, I look great in the tan. There's no question. I've been told that man, great. you got a great tan. That, he looks great. I went to a fair the other day, a car show. It was a combination. And these young girls are saying, boy, he got great tan legs. Great tan legs. Hey, I never get tired of hearing that. Ron, you know, I, got a, you I got a beautiful wife. She's 43 years old. Okay. 43? What? I was going to ask 42. if the girls put you over, but apparently your wife's putting well, you over. Never mind. Well, let me tell you something. Wow. But she still gets a little jealous. You know why? Because I buy her the things she wants. And she doesn't want me to buy those other women anything, and I'm not going to. Ron, how on earth did you pull this off? She's forty-three. What did you? Hey, baby. Well, I met her. I met her at a very, very. I met her at a very, very young age, and I'm not going to say what age that is. Wow. Was she in kindergarten? Stop it! <laughs> now he's going to get mad at you all over again. Stop it! He's just kidding, Ron. Yeah, no, Ron. No, no, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. Okay. Dark side of the ring starts right. I think it's season four, right? Right. Right. Um, there's an episode out of a gentleman by the name of Adrian Adonis, who, by the way, Ron. Um, due to his daughter being on our show, Dark Side of the Ring contacted her. Angie. And they came up with this this episode. Yeah. Um, Not bad. I've always been a huge fan of Adrian Adonis. Your thoughts on Adrian Adonis, the human being, and then maybe the wrestler, from what you know? Well, I, I, I would certainly go out with that. Uh, Adrian Adonis and Dirty Dick Murdoch. Uh, we would go out to the bars, especially when we were up in the uh, touring, touring Canada and so forth. Because those guys love to go into the bars, the VFWs, whatever they are, and drink warm beer, come outside with a buzz, and then when the Indians would attack us with knives and sticks, they love to beat the crap out of them. So they'd only give me a heads up. They'd say, hey, Ron, they're going to be waiting for us out there because they, they know the wrestlers are in town. And these, these Indians up there, they love to start trouble and everything. So... Uh, but Adrian Adonis, the guy, the guy, you didn't take no bullshit from that guy. I mean, you know, he he was a tough guy that I can remember, and uh, but also a hell of a nice guy, hell of a nice guy. You know, he had gotten my number, and later on in my career, he was going to bring me up to uh, up to uh, uh, I forget where up, up Montreal area beyond Montreal actually, and work for the uh, Bear Man, and it was going to be for the summer tour. And uh, the, the tragic story was that, uh, uh, you know, they were in an accident. They got killed, the bear man and him. And uh, I got a call from Tony's office and I uh, said, uh, no, you won't be coming up. Those guys passed away. And that was actually pretty much the, the promotion pretty much ended. But uh, also, Adrian was a hell of a talent. I mean, when he, even when he had that, that weight, I mean, the guy could fly all over that ring, outside the ring. And it, and it never, never hurt him one bit. Let me ask you, as a wrestler, right, you build these relationships. Like you just said, you had a, some sort of relationship with Adonis. When he has this fight with Dan Spivey and Dan Spivey beats the living crap out of him, do you feel like you want to defend Adrian or are you like, this isn't my deal? 
Well, certainly there had to be something that 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 that, that clicked there that 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 went crazy, and and I don't know what it was. You know, did somebody say something the wrong way and and took it the wrong way, or is somebody acting like they uh, are? are tough shit or yeah i don't i don't know you know first of all i wasn't around that time when that happened uh, all i can remember is sitting in allentown and uh seeing this guy big heavy set guy come through the curtain and i thought it was a japanese guy but it was adrian his face was so swollen his eyes were shut and i said oh my god i said i can't believe that was him and, you know, Spivey's sitting down the other end, and, and, and Donna still comes in there and says, I'll get you, you bastard. <laughs> you know, he may have gotten the shit kicked out of him, but he wasn't going to back down from anybody, it seemed like to me. But, you know, every, every, those guys were just kept apart most of the time anyway. Did you ever find yourself in that type of situation where it had to get real? Um, yes. Uh, early in the 90s, uh, well, th- this was almost like a riot. I was in the Philippines, and uh, we were getting so much heat on uh, on a guy. I, I can't remember who it was. Uh, we busted him busted him open. Uh, his partner went back to the dressing room, and we were just getting so much heat and everything. And next thing you know, these Filipinos start running to the ring, and they're starting to throw chairs and everything like that. And I said, "We we, we got to get the hell out of here for our own safety." So in the meantime, you know, we're swinging, going back and everything. And, and I can remember my hand getting getting hit by a chair. And, and it was it was sore and swelled up for, for about a week for the rest of that tour. But there was another incident that happened uh, when I was in the IWF, okay, down in Pennsylvania. Uh, the IWF part where Dominic DiNucci is the one who who started that, okay, that, that federation down there. And we just merged with Killer Kowalski from New England. And we were doing a show in Virginia, and I was working with a, a big football player. The guy was solid as a rock. I, I don't know who trained him or anything, but we were in the ring. And uh, he's not selling. He's not doing anything that, that you know, you know, in the business, there's three terms, register, selling, and buy. Well, this guy wouldn't even register, okay? And he's making me look foolish. So what I had to do is after warning him two or three times, I had got him in a reverse armbar, drove him down to the mat, and I started bending his his arm backwards. In other words, hyperextending it. And, and I can remember hearing something, you know, could it a bit of crack? I don't remember, but I damaged that guy's that guy's arm pretty bad. I mean, and uh, I mean, there was there was no. There, there was nothing said anymore. I mean, he was kind of pissed off on me back in the dressing room. And and uh, that was pretty much the extent of my issues because, you know, I got along with everybody. You know, I got along with everybody. And I made sure I got along with everybody because, you know, you never know who you're going to need a ride with and to get to the next town. But it didn't. after a while, we were starting to fly everywhere. So uh, those are my two experiences. Well, the guy asked for it. I can see why you did that. I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn. This is a... Uh strange question but why not pedro morales at one point claimed that he was at a restaurant in new york city and his title was stolen out of his car years later morales title was discovered at a pawn shop in pennsylvania you know from what has been said and one of his longtime friends pedro's friends pete sanchez accused pedro of lying sanchez said that morales was the one who pawned his own championship any, uh, do you know anything about this? 
I know nothing about that, and I can't believe that for one instant. Okay. Uh, uh, Pedro, Pedro Morales, and, and we used to call him Pete back in the dressing room, Pete. was one of the nicest guys, okay? The guy was making a lot of money. Uh, I mean, why why would you want to pawn that? And, and, and what the hell are you going to get for it from a pawn shop to begin with? Okay. Why not put it on the, well, you know, I don't know if they had the internet. I guess they did at the time. But if you know what I mean, today they put things on the internet for sale and, and, and it goes to the highest bidder. To a pawn shop, you know, what are you going to get at a pawn shop? I don't believe that story at all. Is Pedro becoming... As history, as the sands of time continue to, uh, you know, go by, is Pedro becoming a little bit forgotten? Because I find that Bruno, of course, is always talked about in the 70s, and superstar Billy Graham. But after all, it was Pedro who held a two-year bridge when Bruno's stepped away. Do you think Bruno's uh, legacy or superstar Graham's sexiness, as far as his memory, has somewhat diminished Pedro's memory? No, I, I can't believe that. Uh, you know, we, we, if you're if you're talking about the, those great stars of yesterday, yeah. Um, you, you know, how much talk is really going on? I mean, because you, you, business is what it is today. Mm -hmm. And if you're going back to look at Pedro versus Bruno, of course, Bruno was the world champion for the longest time in, in, right. in, in I guess, professional wrestling history. And right. You can correct me if I'm wrong. It's more of an observance because Bruno was always talked about, as he should be, and Superstar right. Graham, obviously, right. was the uh, predecessor of a Hulk Hogan flamboyant type, if you right. will. And I feel like Pedro's almost become like the Deep Purple to Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Well, I, you know, may, maybe it's just a subject where, where, where Pedro's not really there to, to be talked about the conversation mm -hmm. is strict I, I you know i know where you're going and so forth but believe me yeah i love pedro morales ron you know, the real he, question he, is do you even know who deep purple or black sabbath is how did i know you were going to do that <laughs> of course he knows smoke on the Absolutely. water would you stop hey, it, I, I love ron? the rock of the 60s i love the rock of the 70s yeah, what the hell bro and uh I watch, I watch music all the time. I play guitar, so I watch music all the time. Culture Club of the I wa I, I watch music all the time, too, but I can never see it because I listen to it, but that's just me. Well, there you go. <laughs> we grew up during the MTV era. We did nothing but see it. What are you talking about? I, I, oh actually, I actually like this one group from the 80s. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah, you heard it, right? Take Absolutely. on me. There yes. you go. Take there you go. Love it, dude. Good job. Right. Rock, can you hit the high note for us in that song? No, I can't. No, I, I can't. So. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can either. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> there it is. I hit it. I right, don't anyway, lose it there, Farrell. I kind of already have. Go ahead. That was not bad. I didn't think it was. Thank you, sir. Okay, let's go with, uh, can you share some stories, please, because you were there during the heyday of the uh, Unholy Trinity. It's funny, Sabbath, Zeppelin, and Purple were known as the Unholy Trinity, yeah, but how about yeah. the Unholy Trinity of managers? Yeah. Please give us some stories about Grand Wizard, Lou Albano, and classy Freddie Blassie, please. Well, you know, all three guys were really nice guys, and and Blassie and and, and uh, Albano, they always like to joke around, kid around as much as they could, and and uh, the Wizard was pretty much just straight nice guy, help you out, give me advice, and and you know he gave other guys advice, but he always give me advice. Uh, the other two guys didn't, so you know they they were their they were their own characters in their own way. But I remember one time when I was coming back.
from my broken leg. I finally had part of the cast cut off because it was all the way up to my thigh. And I had it finally below my knee. And I decided to drive up to Allentown or doing the taping just to show my face because uh, I, I needed to do that because the WWF Vince was sending me a check every week. Uh, you know, when I broke my leg up there in Saskatoon, uh, it took me about three days to get the heck back. And uh, Monsoon, I'm sure he let them know that uh, what happened. I broke my leg. And they were sending me a check every every week, you know, and it was a, it was a nice check. And I, I never expected that. So I decided to take a ride up there one day. And Fred Blassie and Albano get, hey, there's Ron Shaw, Kowalski's kid. And they came over there, and, and they're putting their arms around me and and uh, welcoming me back. And, uh, you know, of course, kidding around a little bit because I had I still had uh, damn crutches, and I couldn't wait to get rid of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, I never traveled with any of those guys. But, you know, every opportunity that I could, I, could, I, I tried to talk to them when they weren't busy. And the best time to do that was mainly like in, in Hamburg because the, uh, the field house dressings were so damn small. And, uh, you know, even though they were just bench seats back in there, uh, when you came into there, you, you even if you were the first guy in there, you just made sure you didn't sit in Fred Blassie's seat or Lou Albano's seat, okay? And one time I decided to come in there a little earlier. I wanted to watch the interviews get done. And uh, I went in there and I said, I said you know what, I'm going to sit in Albano's seat. Or it was Blassie's. I don't remember which one it was. Oh, he came in and looked at me because I had all my gear right there on the floor. The locker behind me, stuff was filled up with my jackets and so forth. And boy, did Albano lay, lay hell on me. Of course, he was the only kid. And he goes, Shaw, get the hell out of here. He goes, this is my place. You've got no place. Go in the shower over there and go get a seat over there. But th- those guys were easy to talk to. They were, they were fun guys, really nice guys. So, Ron, the one thing through all our disagreements – is you and I have always been pretty politically aligned. But um, I know you've had some problems with New York recently, but I want you to watch your monitor, as in the great state of Florida where you come from, um, there's been a a problem, and most recently, uh, we'll let this video play, but there's a uh, 15-year-old right there pounding a 9-year-old while the bus driver and the adults do absolutely nothing about this. Now, this is a 15-year-old boy pounding on a 9-year-old girl. What the hell? The school did absolutely nothing about it. The bus attendants did nothing about it. And as bad as New York could be, it does seem like the state of Florida... Seems to have these kind of crazy issues a little bit more. You want to weigh in on this? Yeah, I, I remember. I remember seeing that story, and and there have been other situations like that. And and you know the the, the people. That, you know the thing is today is that if you have a bus monitor or you got the bus driver, and they're going to start getting involved in it. Now, who who knows? Is it a frail old man, a frail old lady? Because. These are the type of people who, who take this part-time job for extra money. They're, they're frail people. They're not here to break up a fight, you know, especially a 15-year-old kid probably going crazy. And they don't want to step in because they don't want any lawsuits from the parents against them. And, and, and yeah, look, that happens everywhere, everywhere. But the difference being is that we don't have any political nonsense 
that's going on down here. Our state is run by a fantastic governor and looks like the man is going to probably be announcing that he's going to be running for president. We're talking about Governor DeSantis. Now, that's the opposite of New York. Well, that's my, that's my point to you, Ron, right? So DeSantis is going to run for president. Meanwhile, under his watch, again, he can't control everything, and I get it, and it's kind of an unfair comment, but under his watch, this kind of shit is going on. Well, yeah, and if you're, if you're referring to the bus incident, sure. I mean, what, what can he do about it? I mean, what can you what can you do about your kid? Condemn I mean, it publicly. It's, it's, it's the parents. Could. It's the it's the parents who need to teach this kid how to act. True. Okay, and not beat True. up on a girl. True. I mean, you know, what, what's DeSantis got to do with it? He's nothing. You know, he can't do nothing about it. You know, and, and look, look, here's here's the thing. He is not abandoning our state if he runs for president because he signed a bill that he will still be governor while he's running for president. Okay. Number one, the man is a very smart man, very smart man. Do you think the Republican Party will concentrate on his candidacy or is Donald Trump going to? Well, can I can I add on that? Yeah. Being that we're both Republicans, Ron, do you think that DeSantos is actually hurting the Republican Party by announcing a presidency when we all know that Donald Trump is going to also run? Well, here, here's my whole theory on this is that. Number one, Donald Trump, who I still call President Trump because he's still the true president, okay, okay. as far as I'm concerned, okay. he's going to run. Now, he's going to have one term that he can only do, okay? Now, I don't know how much that he can fix in this country, except I know how he's going to get the economy going is drill, baby, drill. But what he's going to have to clean up is the mess of the border. And today is a dark day in our history, number one, is because Title 42 is ending, and it may have just ended now, because it, it is ending sometime this evening. And they're expecting, expecting hundreds of thousands of people to just rush right in, and there's not enough people down there to block them. But my getting back to, out to Trump is that, look, I will vote. I will vote for President Trump, okay? That's number one. He's going to have one term. He's going to do what he can to fix this country to get it back the way it was. Then I would like to see DeSantis run after that, and then finally continue on. And hopefully he would run. He would get two terms. That's the way I look at it. But Donald Trump has proven that he's a businessman. He can do the job, and, and we all know that. And I'll and I'm going to tell you something. Everything that is going wrong in this country right now, there's those people out there. Who would still blame it on Donald Trump? I've got a cousin and her son who would blame this all on Donald and Trump, but they're as dumb as mud anyway. Mm. Stupid. Mm. Okay? Yeah, yeah and I know you call your cousin stupid and that, but I call him as I see him. All right? And, and, and that's pretty much it. Uh, the man has to get back in and all this bullshit of, of, of you know, lawsuits against him. Oh, you know, that's all just a Democratic game going on. And, and, and how can you how can you as a Democrat look to see how your country is going? What are you going to get out of it? Your children, your, your future children? Because let me tell you something. Fortunately, this the, we stopped this country from becoming a third world country when we had uh, 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 the new Speaker of the House. Okay, when we retired the mental patient Pelosi, that was the best thing that happened. Okay, so we, we still got we still got Chucky Schmoomer 
whatever his name, Schmucky, is it? Whatever his name is. This you're guy retired. Retire. But these people, these people just want to. These people want to destroy this country. This country has been ripped to shreds while we're sitting here, and it's still happening. And we got another year and a half of these criminals in the White House, and I'm talking about Biden himself, his wife, his son, the crack addict, and it goes on down the line, and if you've seen James Comer the other day, bring this all out up front, they're as guilty as could be. They're as guilty as to be, and they need to be taken out of office right away. Ron, if I can, it's not just the country. What about the world? I mean, Putin wouldn't have pulled this crap. He waltzed into the Ukraine. You got North Korea deciding it's okay now to shoot missiles over the Japan. I didn't see this shit happening before this. Um, any thoughts on the whole world is being affected by this? Yeah, well, it's, it's being affected by one man. They, they see a guy who's asleep at the wheel, an empty suit, a guy who's got a mental problem on top of it yet. And now they say, well, now we can step all over the U.S., okay? And that's why China is going to become the U.S., okay? They're going to, they're going to, they're, you know, what they're going to do is, is, is end this war between Russia and the Ukraine. And, and, and while, while we're buying everything that we can, batteries and everything from China because of, of, of Biden's shady dealings, is we're just going to be looked upon, if, if we don't turn this thing around, we're just going to be looked upon as a third world country. But it's Ooh. got to be turned around now. What would, you say to, now. what would you say to those who, who would say to you that you're, you have no right to this opinion and your thoughts are dangerous? Do you have a right to your opinion as an American or no? I absolutely do. Thank absolutely you. do. And let, let's add the DOJ and the FBI leader. It's all good people working for them, but it's mm-hmm. those, those guys who are running those two departments that all of a sudden need to be put in jail. Ron, I don't know if you have any children. I'm not asking you that. Uh, but if you're fit, you're a principal called from that school and you found out and you saw this video of this your son beating up a nine-year-old female, what would Ron Shaw do to his son? Well, number one, I would have to find out what is his issue. Why? Why would he do something? And, uh, you know, not only to a, uh, a maybe a younger boy at that age, but yet a girl, and find out what his issue. What were his issues before that? See, I, I don't know. But let's let's just say it's the first time this had anything happened. Um, I'd have to sit down with him, maybe get him a little a little help to a point. See if this happens again, because you know you can't put your finger on your kids anymore. Right. There's too many eyes out there. Right. You know. Right. Yep. Somebody, you do something to your kid, your kid goes to complain at school. Well, the next thing you know, the cops are knocking at your door. My daddy beat me up. Right. This is why these kids, these kids are running rampant. You know, they're, they're doing what they want to do. And I'm not talking about all the kids. There's a lot of great kids that are raised by, by decent, decent mother and fathers. And, uh, but then again, there's those others. Uh, Davio out there says, all wrestling fans should write in Jesse Ventura for president. Would you support Jesse Ventura as your president? I let me tell you something. I like Jesse Ventura. I've talked to him many, many a time, and you know he's gotten a bad rap on a lot of radio stations that I, I used to hear. You know, the, the guy the guy is a former uh, Marine. Uh, um, uh, oh, what the heck is he? I mean, one of the highest ranking uh, Navy uh, Navy SEAL. SEAL. Uh, yes, Navy SEAL. I'm sorry, Navy SEAL. Uh, a, a great man, and and uh, do I think he should run? Uh, I don't think so, uh, because you know, look, Donald Trump is there, 
And, and let me tell you something. Donald Trump was even on CNN in a town hall meeting. I think it was last night and so forth. And the, and the people really, really liked what he heard. You know, they, they, they weren't disrespecting him or nothing. Maybe, maybe a couple of the commentators were a little bit, you know, sassy or so forth. But, you know, it was good to see that, him come on CNN showing that, hey, I've got the balls. You know, I'll come here. I'll talk with you. Yep. Can, yep. I, can I give you another option for presidency? Um, Agent Eric Sims. Would you vote for Eric Sims to become the next president of the United States? What? <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I don't I don't exactly know this man. Uh, he has Look at that presidential me. pin. Look at it. Yeah. 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 I, oh. I see it. Can you take it off real quick? Yeah. Spidey, do our guest a favor. He, his eyes. Yeah, uh, Thank he, you. he called Can me up at home. Can we take it off real Absolutely. Quick. He was going to have to go for laser have, surgery I had nightmares for a while. That's, oh. that's why. I haven't had nightmares in a while. I don't want to... <laughs> Uh, the man, the man has called me. The man has called me to up? come up and do some conventions. I, I kind of turned him down. I, I'm a type of guy that doesn't necessarily like to do that stuff, but I, I, I was going to do one on, on the, well, a couple of weeks ago or last week, wherever it was in New Jersey. But as I say, you know, because of New York, I didn't want to step in that 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 city, that cesspool. And I've said it before on the other shows. I, I didn't want nothing to do with it. Well, Ron. Um... So there's three people that have a lot of weight in my life. Um, my my wife, my daughter, and Jimmy Farrow, right? The three of them have a lot of weight. Wow. Um, Thank you. I'm honored. So after this long year or so, I've had a lot of evaluation. A lot of people have weighed in. Um and I want to take the time out to say, sir, I should have been a better meta man that day. And I apologize to you. Um, I could see the type of man you are. Uh, you came into hostile territory today. Um, even though you were paid, you came into Fair hostile enough. territory. And you answered every question like a champ. Uh, in Monty Nefaro's opinion, and I'm sure in a lot of wrestling fans' opinion, you are an icon. Uh, I just said to Jimmy the other day that when we think back of wrestling, we always remember the name of Ron Shaw. We grew up on you. So I'll take this time out to say to you, sir, I do apologize and I thank you for everything you've done for this industry and its fans. Thank you, Ron Shaw. Well, well, Monty, uh, I have to say I, I did not expect this. There's no question about it because I know we were getting late into the show and I did not expect this. And, uh, Farrow, thank you. Uh, you know, You're welcome. God bless, You're your, very welcome. God bless your wife. You and your children, and I, and I hope that they are have a great life, a healthy life. And I know you as a father, they certainly will. And, you know, I, I have to say that uh, I, I did not think, you know, this was going to happen tonight. Uh, but, you know, I, I, knew, I knew who I was dealing with. You guys are number one for a reason. And I have to say this is probably not because of me, 
this was probably one of your classiest shows that you ever had because it's the way you conducted yourselves tonight. And I was happy to answer every darn question that you had. So thank you, and I appreciate that. And you know something? I said something about your fans. And, and you, I know you guys, you love your fans. They mean everything to you. They're like family to you. And I said some nasty, nasty things to them. So what I want to do is apologize to all your listeners, and especially several that I mentioned in a really, really horrible way. And I hope that they will forgive me. And if they don't, well, I'm tough. I'm pretty tough. I can take a lot. Okay? Insults no matter. Because... To be a professional wrestler, you have to learn to take the insults along with the injuries, and they happen. They happen. So I apologize to those listeners. Well, thank you, Ron Shaw. We hope to catch you on the way, and thank you for everything again, sir. Remember this, guys. I mean, you're welcome, but I was a little guy in this business, but a lot of interesting things happened along the way that put me on the map and being in the WWE Hall of Fame, which was huge. And that reminds me of one thing, okay? You guys did a show about a month ago, and you were talking about who possibly would be a good member in the Hall of Fame. And, and Monty, you brought up my name to the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh says, huh, huh. He thought about it a little bit too long, in my opinion. And he said, well, Johnny Rods is in there. Well, Johnny Rods deserves to be in there. Okay, there's no question about it, Johnny Rods. Is. But Johnny Rods never had the most upsets in professional wrestling, the biggest upsets in professional wrestling, and who was just recently named the Earl of Upsets by Dan and Benny. Okay, now I didn't get a big head by that, but let me tell you something. I think, I think that's a pretty neat title. Okay, pretty cool title as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was something I said, you know, I said, Jimmy, let, let, me, let me show you something, you guys, real quick here. Sure. This Hall of Fame plaque nice. that I received last year for the IWF is something that I'm very, very proud of. Okay, I traveled all over the world. My first trip with the IWF was to the Philippines. We merged with Dominic DiNucci, who created the Pennsylvania IWF, and we merged with Killer Kowalski. We had there's a, there's a whole story of that because let me tell you something. Dominic and Bruno maybe have been forgotten about the IWF, but I hope that people go to my website to the uh, IWF Hall of Fame. Pennsylvania tapings, or not Hall of Fame, but the Pennsylvania tapings. I call it the lost tapes. And there's a huge article there that was written by somebody. And if they read that, they'll know how the IWF in Pennsylvania actually started. And it is, it is very, very interesting. But as far as the WWE is concerned, I couldn't care less if I was inducted or not inducted ever in the WWE Hall of Fame. I am in their history books of professional wrestling, both of them. You can never change history. But they could take you out of the Hall of Fame, which I can remember that they have done the, done the people. So that's not interesting to me. That's not interesting to me. But you know what? I forgive you, Pharaoh. Both of you guys are class acts. No, no matter how many times you say about that fucking wine. Okay? <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is great wine. And I wanted to tell you something. It is. Yeah. When, when they tra wire transferred that, that money to come here tonight, they sent me a bottle of that wine. Sweet. And, you know, I like drinking 1946 Sauvignon. 
But this was good fucking wine. I got to say that. Well, Ron, if you would have waited a week, we're about to announce another sponsor, and you might have really liked what's coming that way. But you know what? We'll send you something anyway. Ron Shaw, our honor. Thank you, sir. Thank you for everything. Thank you, guys. I love you. I love you, too, Ron. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Ron Shaw. Woo! Thoughts? Well, at least he's not too mad at me for the Hall of Fame observations. Well, I was know, only saying I think, because I, I think, was emotional listen, during I think he's got we to were under, in the heat of the I battle. I think he's got to understand that you have your opinion. I don't we're, think that's an insult. We were in the heat of the battle at the moment. Do I think he, honestly, do I think he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I think he should be in, but, you know. It was in the Listen, I know a lot of the younger fans might not know who Ron Shore is, great... which he is one of... He was awesome. I loved him. At least for us, yes. for sure. Yes. Everybody knew who Ron Shore was. And to be dude. honest, I mean, we always had respect for Johnny Rods, and Ron Shore oh, was on that absolutely. level. It wasn't like Fred Moore's... For, yeah. for you to at least uh, go to your first wrestling show. Awesome. And it's great. A lot... Look... A lot of people where we are friends with on Facebook, right? Yeah. And we've seen their faces and everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a mess. We, we haven't got to see his face. Right, and it was good to see, see the picture, right? Very so cool. I think that's for the really pick, cool. Thanks for the picture. Um, RJ, Absolutely. I hope uh, you have forgiveness in your heart for Ron. RJ, um, I think rock. it was a heat of the moment. I'm sure, I'm sure RJ will find room for forgiveness. I yeah, hope so. I absolutely. Hope so. I hope so. Anyway, it's always our honor and privilege that you guys join us every Thursday. Um, I think we have a show next week. Okay. And then we, uh, Spidey, you're away, right? You're going away for a wedding, right? Graduation. 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 So Abe will be filling in where we have... Abe. uh, Al Washington? No. You said Abe. Not the... the Producer, the wrestlers. The wrestlers. Having, oh, who are we have in, in studio? I forgot. Isn't that your job? Holy cow! Can you help it? me, producer? Who's coming up? The hot chick. The, the hot, hot chick. chick. You heard of her, folks? Oh, the hot chick. Hold on, dude, because the hot chick that's just doesn't cut it. It would be Isn't nice. Big no, brother? no, big oh, that's brother. A different hot. Chick. I haven't even announced the big brother. The hot big brother chick. Okay. Um, <laughs> Look at this. He's running to the schedule. This is. Her. You know, it, producer man, you got to help me sometimes. Um, We've got pro wrestling legend who Monty DeFaro can't remember. Jack Victory will oh, be Jack in Victor, studio. Oh, boy. He is. I love Jack I'm Victory. I'm so glad that uh, we I'm, can remember happy, his name. I'm happy Congratulations. Jack I don't remember it. But more importantly, and we just want to get past the Jack Victory interview. Because we've got. Because we've got Myla Moore, oh. former NXT star. And oh Farrow, do you think we should just like sit there for an hour and not ask any questions? You better get a spill bucket underneath me when she walks in. Holy moly. Wow, she's. A spell bucket. Yeah, just like. Oh. <laughs> what? What? I, I, I'm, I'm intense. I can't control my shit. Sometimes it is what it is. But I was a massive, a spell massive adult star back in the '40s. I understand. You know, I, I understand. you should have seen me back in the '40s. But you I got enough. You time. got enough man juice to fill a bucket. To just get the barrel, bring the barrel over. You might as well. You know, I. <laughs> Talk about milking the cow. My God. Anyway, we love you guys. Thank you so much. We will see you next Thursday. Jared will still be at the desk because he's not leaving, and I think it's just a regular show. I don't know what the subject's going to be. Okay. And then that following – 21st, I think, is a Sunday. Yeah. Um, You know, and – that's it. And I would just like to, before we go off the air, God. I want to make a special proclamation. Spidey, get ready, okay? Uh, I would just like to say on behalf 
of Woody Johnson Jesus. and Aaron Rodgers. No. I would like to proclaim the obvious this year. The Jets are going to win the Super